What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko, joined more often than not by David Harrison after you guys decided to make fun of my intro <laughs> when you and Brent did the episode on Thursday. Yeah, I was wondering how you were going to uh, respond to that. <laughs> you can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks at Yarko underscore Bucks. And at DH82 underscore bucks, we're wrapping up our our Eagles preview week with none other than very special guest and favorite of the show, Carmen Vitale of Buccaneers.com, the staff writer and senior digital content coordinator. You can find her on Twitter at Carmi V. This this marks uh, appearance number three, correct? I believe so, yeah. All right. Well, we are Thanks excited to have you on. Oh, it is our pleasure. And and hopefully it's, you know, pretty soon here, you're going to pass up Scott. So you're going to have bragging rights within the building, uh, you know, that, that you've been on the show more than he has. Um, but Carmen, we're going to kick the show off, you know, kind of with some takeaways from practice on Thursday. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of the craze and the worry surrounding Buccaneers fans was following that Wednesday injury report. Jason Pierre-Paul didn't participate. Deshaun Jackson didn't participate. Vita Vea is still out. You have Vernon Hargraves that has gone to the IR. I mean, it seems like you know, they're coming off this huge high win over the Saints just for everything to come crashing down. But there was some good news on Thursday. Deshaun Jackson was back. Jason Pierre-Paul was back. What were some of the takeaways from practice? I mean, did they look like they were they were going to be fine, just kind of JPP needed a rest day? And, of course, Deshaun was in concussion protocol and, and had to be held out. But how did things look uh, from the, the injury aspect and how the Buccaneers responded to all these injuries that have added up? Well, I think the first thing to note, or the most important thing to note is that just because Deshaun was practicing does not mean that he has cleared concussion protocol yet. Um, often, I believe that part of the process is to actually get you reps in practice and then see the aftermath if you have any side effects or if you have any symptoms still um, because of the physical activity. Um, I believe that's one of the steps that you have to do in order to clear protocol. So getting back into practice, it's a great don't get me wrong, but it does not mean that he has cleared it. Um, so it's still kind of up in the air whether or not he'll actually play on Sunday. And I mean, I was, I'd be lying if I told you that I was expecting him to be back this soon. Um, you know, concussions are such, they're very fickle as it is. And I feel like, you know, the older you are, the more you've had, it doesn't get any easier to rebound from them as you know, exemplified by Mitch Unrein, who is out with one and was placed on IR because of it. Um, so I don't know the ramifications yet. We don't know the ramifications yet of what Deshaun, um, about his concussion from last Sunday. But I will say that, you know, I saw him running routes today with the quarterbacks and the receivers, and um, he looked, I mean, normal as far as I could tell. I didn't, you know, see anything where he, you know, was off his game at all. You know, he was running the routes just fine. Um, you know, if you would, I would have never known had I not known that he had a concussion um, on Sunday. But um, Jason Pierre-Paul, as far as JPP goes, I, I think he'll play. And that's not backed up by any, like, it's just kind of a feeling I have. 
um, because of he's such a physical player and he's such like a hard worker and he's a leader on that defensive line. And I really don't think that unless a doctor is telling him, Hey, you're going to blow out your knee. If you play, I think that he's going to, you know, he's going to go out there at any chance that he gets. So um, he looked fine in practice today as well. He had, you know, he has a brace on, but he's, I think he'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. And of course, with as big of a factor as Deshaun played in the win against the Saints, having him on the field versus not having him on the field is going to make a world of difference, Mm -hmm. especially for those that like to bet on the games. Uh, And if you're going to do that, you might as well head on over to our friends at my bookie. That's right. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. David doesn't know who's going to win. Carmen doesn't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, everyone, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is ridiculously easy to use. We would only recommend a service to our listeners that have been good to us. That's why David and I are always urging all of you to make your way over to my bookie because you win and they pay. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. My bookie is absolutely slammed with new bettors right now, and they want to give everyone the best service possible. So if you're willing to make that initial deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they're going to give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKEDON25, the numerical two and five, LOCKEDON25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free plays. You get that $25 free play with those $100 deposits after 7 p.m. Eastern, and they're going to match your deposit dollar for dollar. All you have to do is enter promo code LOCKEDON25. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take the extra money. All you got to do is go visit our friends at MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. So, Carmen, uh, our listeners have, you know, they, they've been uh, very supportive of us. So a lot of them have heard our, our preview episodes leading up to this moment. And we did one uh, with a, uh, a gentleman who represents the Eagles. Uh, we did one from another member of the uh, alternative uh, media. I think is what we're called new media. And uh, now we brought you on from uh, inside the team there. So what are, what are your thoughts on the game from inside the advent? Uh, I always want to call it one buck. Brent fixed me <laughs> yesterday. What is it called? Advent Health Training Center. There you go. I knew it was Advent Health, but I couldn't remember the rest. So yeah, the Advent no, Health no, Training Center. What's I'm, going I'm on? Gonna, I'm going to jump in real quick here, David, because I have a question. Uh-huh. Because this is this had me thinking yeah. when I was listening to you and Brent. Is it just the indoor uh-huh. training facility that, like, uh-huh. the indoor practice practice facility that is named, and then you know the the main facility is still called One Buck, or is it all under one umbrella now? It's all Advent Health Training Center. Um, the address yeah. is still one Buccaneer place. Okay. Um, but it, the whole thing is Advent Health Training Center. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Gotcha. I was a little confused on that. Yeah. I think, well, because the, 
well, right now when we unveil the partnership, um, the only signage that you saw was on the indoor facility, um, but that is changing. Um, there is more signage being added um, to the front of the building and everything like that. So, you know, the whole thing is Advent Health Training okay. Center. Okay. And while we're on the topic of sponsorship, um, is the beach, ha- does the beach have a sponsor? Because I saw a Dilly Dilly sign, but is it like the Budweiser Bucks Beach or is it, or is that just no, the Bucks Beach? It's just Bucks Beach, but um, Bud Light will have their cruise ship, get it, um, uh-huh. there and they are going to have little bars and stuff set up um, where they'll be selling Bud Light and the DJ is actually going to be on the cruise ship. Um and so they, they're involved in it um, because they're one of our sponsors as it is. Uh, right. And that their whole thing is, I don't like, we just say dilly dilly, I think everywhere possible. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Exactly. Well, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, so back on track, uh, what are, what are your thoughts on uh, Eagles bucks coming up this weekend? Oh man. Um, so it's really funny. I was doing, or I do a weekly article about who the experts are picking every week mm-hmm. um, around, you know, ESPN, NFL Network, CBS, all that kind of stuff. And um, not only do we not get the, you know, the better end of that usually, but um, I also do rankings and like the power rankings. And the Eagles are either number one in everyone for like three or four. So despite the fact that they eked out a win over the Falcons, who didn't look good behind what Matt Bryant decided to do, mm-hmm. um, or Matt Ryan, getting their kicker confused, um, like they're still, you know, favored to repeat as Super Bowl champions. Yeah. So that's sobering is the best way I can describe that. When you think about opening at home, against a team that just won the Super Bowl and is the favorite to repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it, <laughs> so, but at the, at the same time, I still, and I don't know, I mean, this is probably my bias coming into it. I don't think that it's impossible at all. And I really like, obviously, what I saw on Sunday, as far as the offense went, at least, um, putting up 48 points. And it was just because, everything was clicking and it wasn't anything new either. It was something that we, it was stuff that we'd been seeing all preseason and everything just kind of started to fit together. So I think if that can happen again, um, but the real difference here is going to be that Eagles defense. Um, and we've heard all week from coach Cutter, from coach Munkin, uh, coach Smith, just about that front four um, that the Eagles have. And what's, so unique about them is that the rotation and I've talked to Bo Allen about it. I've talked to Vinnie Curry about it. And I mean, they were rotated in and out. I think every seven plays when they were part of the, the Eagles uh, defensive line. So you always have these guys that are super fresh and that's how they're able to, and coach Munkin said it today. They're very simple in what they do. Their defensive scheme is very simple, but it's what allows them to play so fast. And the fact mm-hmm. that they rotate out so much allows them to stay fresh. So it's not rocket science here, but it's a really tough combination to beat. Um, so that's going to be obviously, I think the key matchup and that's what all of our coaches have pointed to. 
um, as far as what's going to be the difference. And but, but I mean, the way our offensive line held up um, against the Saints, you know, not allowing a sacrifice, giving him time to throw and let those big plays develop and all that kind of stuff. You have to think that that's doable then to guard against the Eagles defensive line. Um, at the end of the day, I really like the Bucks. I I think it might happen again. I really do. At home, especially, um, you know, and plus the Eagles have to come in here and they have to play in our weather. And like, it's bad down here. I'm not going to lie. Just standing outside <laughs> of practice for like 45 minutes, I'm dying. So, you know, there's there's something to be said about that. So I, I think that people can underestimate that. So I'm I'm not saying that it's going to be, you know, a shootout like it was in New Orleans at all. I think it'll definitely be lower scoring. And I think that it's going to be close. And I think that I'm going to be really, really stressed out about it. But I think the Bucks will come out <laughs> in the end. Well, the stress means that you care. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, what you're saying kind of brings me back to what Brent was talking about yesterday where, uh, you know, he really likes the way this game matches up because it's really our strength versus their strength and then our weakness versus their weakness. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody nobody goes into a game against Philadelphia really afraid of their offense. It's it's the defense. And, um, you know, offense hearing what you're saying. I'll say. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. That's that's fair. Um, and with Darren Sproles not practicing today, I mean, you know, obviously there's a, still a couple more days to really figure out what's going to go on with him. But if Darren Sproles isn't out there, there's a weapon they don't have. Even in in his age, he's he's still a weapon. Um, yeah. So should we expect maybe a little bit more no huddle? I know we saw some against New Orleans, but if if Philly's strength is in rotating, I mean that no huddle kind of kind of helps to to counteract some of that. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's definitely, you know, it was something that was worked on a lot in the preseason, um, was getting to that up-tempo pace. Um, But while rotation is so key on that defense, I mean, Philly's offense can go up-tempo very well. Probably they're one of the best in the league at doing it. Um, And so I think that the defense knows how to kind of go against that. Um, right. But I think that's definitely a tactic where, you know, that you're going to try and use. And it's really beneficial then to have a quarterback like Patrick, who this is just, he's so good at making decisions. And you, like Coach Munkin said that, um, or no, it was Coach Cutter that said that Munkin had told him that in the Saints game, there were about eight or nine times that Fitzpatrick called you know, and it, it wasn't even like a full-on audible. It was just he changed, he tweaked, slightly tweaked a route in the play, or he did this and he did that using the hand signals, obviously, because you can't hear anything in that dome. Mm-hmm. Um, but he used hand signals about eight or nine times to just tweak something slightly um, from, based on what he saw from the defense. And so when you have a quarterback that understands the system that well, um, it makes doing, you know, going faster and having that no huddle pace a lot easier because he can make those decisions really quickly by identifying what the defense is doing and knowing his offense well enough, you know, to counteract that. Um, so I definitely think that that'll come into play and uh, we'll see. But yeah, hopefully that'll be a little bit more effective. Yeah, I, I was doing some some deep diving into Ryan Fitzpatrick's <laughs> career today. Um, I didn't get any kind of definitive pattern like I was hoping to, but I went back and I looked at, I tried to look at games that he had that were similar 
to what he did in New Orleans, and that's going to be hard enough. Um, you know, he's had high yardage games, but they've been low touchdowns. They He's had high touchdown games, but they've been low yardage. There haven't been a ton of games where he's had high yardage, multiple touchdowns, and no interceptions. Mm-hmm. And I, I went back to look to see what he did the following week when this occurred. There's been one time in his career that he had a multi-touchdown, no-interception streak of three games. Um, and for the most part, it looks like kind of he comes back to earth a little bit after performances like these. When he was with Buffalo, he threw for 208, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Following week, 264, three touchdowns, one interception. Then the week after, he's at 369, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um Again in Buffalo, there was there was a week where he threw three touchdowns, no picks, and then the following week was four touchdowns, four picks. It seems like it's kind of all over the place, and there's been very few opportunities where, or, or very few moments when he's kind of strung together this kind of next level performance for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I love Fitz, and I, I I'm so glad that he's he's on the team and he's able to fill in. But I'm kind of tempering the expectations a little bit based off the fact that he has been in the league so long. He is a 35 year old quarterback. He has seen a lot. He's more intelligent than probably anybody else in the NFL in any capacity. His brain is on another level, but at the same time, he's been a backup quarterback for so many teams for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think Fitz is is the obvious X factor in this game. As I said on our on our recap, we we've now witnessed great fits, but mm-hmm. from other teams, we've witnessed bad fits too. Which mm-hmm. one are the Bucks and the Eagles going to see on Sunday? Well, here's the thing. Um, actually, Fitz said today that he feels like he's playing the best football of his career, which is crazy to think given the fact that, like you said, he's 35 years old. Um, and he was, he was, the position he's in right now, while he's been thrown into the starting role before, um, he's never been in this situation where he was given, even as a backup, he was given a large amount of time knowing that he was going to be the starter for three games. So he knows mm-hmm. he has a finite time at this point. He knows he, ha- he for sure has three games. And it kind of, you know, I have to imagine that it puts some pressure on him to do well. And I think that he kind of thrives under pressure. Um, but at the same time, it kind of lets him off the hook in a sense because mm-hmm. if he doesn't do well, um, there's somebody else that's going to be there to take over, you know, at, at the end of three games. So it's almost like you can look at it or you can kind of finagle angles, you know, that are favorable as far as like what your mindset needs to be. Um, so I think that that's really interesting. Um, as far as what we're going to see on Sunday, I don't think we need to see what we saw last Sunday against the Saints, against the Eagles. Um, I think we need the defense. I think the Bucks need the defense to play a little bit better than they did in um in new orleans um and i think that really what you're going to need from Fitz is to more just manage the game which is kind of what i thought he was going to be as it was i thought that the defense would kind of carry 
this team and Fitz would manage it. Um, but I think if they do that, you know, you can, they, they, they'll be fine. So again, it's like the pressure isn't even on him to, you know, explode for this crazy offense, because if you think it's going to be a defensive game as it is, that means it's going to be low scoring. So you're not going to need to put up 48 points, but you know, I think that he's just going to need to, you know, not do too much. And he's going to need to give the defense, you know, he's, not, he's going to need to not turn the ball over. I think that is the most important thing. And what needs to carry over from last Sunday is that he cannot turn the ball over. And you need to keep and keep the drive. The one thing that was making me nervous on Sunday was that we were scoring so quickly. And mm-hmm. it wasn't eating up a bunch of time. And they got better at it, you know, towards the, you know, drives were taking like, they ate up more clock as the game went on. Um, but before we kind of saw how it was all unfolding, I was like, that's great guys, but you only took two minutes off the clock to get, you know, down to the end zone. And now you're giving the ball back to Drew Brees to do his thing. So I think if you can actually extend drives and that's where the game management is going to come in better. Um, I think that that's, that's probably a good thing too. Yeah, no, I remember watching uh, the same thing. I was thinking the same thing where I was like, you know, as as a Bucks fan, you kind of don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth. But I was like, oh, maybe we need to stop scoring so fast and, and kind of string together some first downs here, um, which, like you said, they they did end up doing. And I think it had a big, uh, big benefit to the end of the game there. Um, so moving forward, Carmen, I'll tell you what, um, the reason this is kind of my favorite episode. Well, reaction episode of the game and then this episode are kind of my favorite episodes. This is this is where we get to make our bowl predictions. Um, and like we were talking about before we started recording, uh, we've, we've been getting a lot of voicemails from our listeners uh, wanting to interact with the show, and, and it's been great. So we've got two uh, specific ones tonight who sent in their bowl predictions. Uh, I want to I let, uh, let you and James hear those, and then we're going to kind of get your, get your guys' thoughts on, on what those fans said. So uh, first up, we've got Jordan Hines from, from Kansas. He actually left one yesterday as well that Brent and I addressed, but I want to I see what you guys think about this one. What's up, boys? It is Jordan Heinze from Wilson, Kansas, flying the flag in the Midwest. And uh, my bold prediction on the defensive side of things, one of the most memorable plays of the Bucks fan has always been the Rondé Barber pick six against the two, the Eagles, of course. So I think we show a little blitz package. He goes for a late check down over the middle, and it is Justin Evans coming away with a pick six late in the game. Bucks 31, Eagles 20. Let's go, Bucks. Well, so Justin Justin Evans obviously had the scoop and score on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what's interesting, and I tweeted it out this week, um, the secondary does a lot of ball handling drills. Um, and I think that, you know, the, like, and then plays like that pop up in the game and it's no accident. It's muscle memory at this point. Um, so one of the things they do are these scoop and score drill or these scoop up drills where, um, the coaches will roll the ball towards them after they've gone through their little cones and whatever um, and they'll pick up the ball but another one is catching the ball and they spend a lot of time catching the ball and these guys use the jug machine too um, to get used to having the ball in their hands Um, I think that's a great prediction because especially given how 
freakishly athletic, Justin Evans is. Um, I've said before, um, and I said it on the Peter cast on Tuesday, he's probably one of my, if not my favorite defensive player, um, just because of just he's the total package. Not only is he athletic, he's so cerebral and he can see so many things and he just understands routes and, and how to, but at the same time, he knows how to get there. He's got the athleticism to get there. Um, so I love that. And I think that that could easily happen. And I hope it does. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely wouldn't be opposed to, to that kind of <laughs> prediction, but, but David, let me ask you this. The, the, the guy that left the voicemail, you said it was Jordan. Uh, yeah, Jordan from Kansas. Okay, was he the same one that made the OJ Howard bold prediction? He is. Okay, <laughs> I have I have a problem with this guy. Wow, prior Jordan, knowledge. Okay, <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, I, I I love you and I appreciate you listening, but we need to have a discussion about these bold predictions of yours because you've now predicted OJ Howard to have two touchdowns, Justin Evans to have one touchdown. Um. So there's there's three quarters of your of your touchdowns in your thirty one to he said thirty one to twenty right yeah thirty one twenty and he's already counted for twenty one points so okay Jordan here's a bold prediction for you I I wrote this down I made a mental note I texted David when I listened to the episode his prediction for OJ Howard was six receptions eighty five yards and two touchdowns here's my bold prediction for for Jordan. The tight ends collectively will not even receive six targets, yeah. let alone OJ Howard getting six receptions. Um, now, I, I do think that your Justin Evans one is far more likely to happen than your OJ Howard one. But again, if I'm wrong, like I was by picking the Saints last week, I will more than happily eat crow and you can leave a five minute voicemail berating <laughs> me for being a moron. Um, but yeah, that I think is, that sounds like a bet, Jordan. So if if you if you if if James Yarko is incorrect, then I I I fully expect a voicemail. Keep it clean because this is the Locked On Network. We are we are family friendly, but let him have it. I would I would enjoy it. I might play it on every episode this week. <laughs> I will take back editing duties immediately. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Um. But see, he can't he can't just berate me if the tight ends get more than six targets. I mean, his his OJ Howard one has to come at least close before yeah. he can he can really let me have it. Yeah. I mean, so so writing, so I got my uh my fantasy proje- uh, projections for the week coming up, right? Now, uh should be publishing tomorrow, I think. Uh tomorrow Saturday, I can't remember when. Um and when you and I started talking about OJ Howard in that prediction, I actually went and did some homework and uh a little bit of a spoiler alert, I suppose, but OJ Howard's actually my sit for tight ends um, for one reason. Uh, one reason is just uh, the defense, obviously, and the other reason being, like you said, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick targeted the tight ends a total of four times. That's including one uh, to to Alan Cross. So granted, OJ brought in both of his targets, right? So that's obviously a good thing. But to go from four total targets to enough targets where it, it would take to get OJ to those numbers, uh, it seems like a little bit of a jump, you know, and then, and like I said, especially facing this defense. So we'll see what happens. I mean, hopefully, hopefully it does happen. I think if we get two touches from OJ and a pick six from Justin, then I think uh, the Bucks are going to be in pretty good shape um, moving forward. So I'm just saying what? against the Saints, there were two targets to the tight ends and they both went to OJ for 54 yards. 
Fitz well, doesn't throw say, to tight ends. I'm sorry, go ahead, Carmen. No, let me interject one thing, and the kind of the reasoning behind that, or not the reasoning necessarily, but I also think that you're using tight ends kind of, you know, in pass protection a lot, and you're using mm-hmm. them as an extension of the offensive line in these cases, and I don't see that changing necessarily yeah. when you're playing a defense like Philly. I think you're going to need everybody that you can get, you know, to protect that pocket. Um, so, and OJ, you know, talked about kind of like the physicality and how he's developed in his blocking game. I mean, he's a massive human. So oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> like, it's amazing. I, and especially in training camp, you know, they do the one-on-one drills where um, they, the defensive linemen go up against the offensive linemen and then the tight ends get in on that for obvious reasons. Um, and I mean, I've seen OJ and Cam, Cameron Bray, for that matter, take on these guys and just, you know, like stand their ground. And it's, it's pretty cool to see. What's up guys. Uh, David Harrison here. We really appreciate you guys listening uh, to this, to this final episode of the week. However, James and I were having such a great conversation with Carmen that we didn't want to cut it off. As you guys know, usually our episodes run about 30 minutes uh, long, maybe a little bit longer, but not not much more than that. Uh, but like I said, such a great conversation uh, we were having with Carmen. So what we did is we went ahead and kept pushing through. And what I what we've decided to do is go ahead and cut it into two episodes. So what you're listening to now is actually part one. And uh, part two will be dropping later on this afternoon. So uh, please, by all means, go ahead and come back and check out that last part. Uh, I promise you, you're not going to not going to regret it as we as we wrap up our conversation with Carmen.